first deal? $14,760 something dollars. There you go. There you go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so she made $14,000 on this first deal, guys. And this is in the matter of just a few months from starting. You're listening to the We Love Equity Real Estate Show, a podcast that discusses the intricacies of real estate investing with your host, Marcus E. Maloney. Marcus is a real estate investor best known for being the equity king. He's been awarded that moniker because he and his team find amazing real estate deals. He will be talking with investors who have done some transformational things in the real estate industry. They'll discuss their process, their strategies, and how their investments transform their lives and the communities they invest in. We welcome you to the We Love Equity Real Estate Show. Hello, We Love Equity family. Hi, welcome to another show. On today's show, I got some excitement. I have something that is really going to crush those limitations and those misconceptions that you've been having with yourself. So today, today, I wanted to bring you something different. I'm bringing you a newbie, just got in the game, just started wholesaling a few months ago. So she's going to crush those limiting beliefs. She's going to crush all of those excuses that you have why you're not doing deals. If you're in a hot market, if you're not in a hot market, you know, how to virtual wholesale, everything like that. So today, I want to welcome Toddy Tediment to the show. Toddy, Toddy, welcome, welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. This is very exciting. I really appreciate the opportunity. <laughs> Great, great. Um, so, I am a, a brand new rookie, newbie, wholesaler, whatever you want to call it. I started pretty much at the end of April, beginning of March with my research process and starting to get a hold of sellers. I live here in Vegas and the market here is really tough and competitive. I kind of dipped my toes in the water with wholesaling here. So when COVID happened, they basically laid everybody off in the casinos and I was laid off on unemployment and I just didn't really know what to do. I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur and I've had many failed businesses. So when I learned about wholesaling, I was a little skeptical, but I just started researching and just immediately taking action. So I put 200 bandit signs out in Vegas. I was calling people. I was driving for dollars and I just was getting nothing for like about a week and a half. And okay. I kept hearing about virtual wholesaling and I kept hearing about some markets are too saturated, just go to another market. But I live in Vegas and in Vegas, there's really nothing close by Reno. Like everything's very far away. Yep. So, yep. and I'm not going to go to California because that's also oversaturated. Price market. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So I just started looking around on all those cash buyer wholesaler Facebook groups. And I saw that in Ohio, there was a lot of low price rental properties like Twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars, and I'm like, well, this seems like a lot easier. I think I can convince someone to sell a twenty thousand dollar house. So I started doing the same thing there, just cold calling. And within about a week of wait, cold wait, calling, wait, wait, before you do that, before you do that, because I want, I want to, I want to build this up a little bit okay. here. Okay, <laughs> so. You said that you were an entrepreneur, that you had many other failed businesses. Kind of give yeah. me some examples. What, what were some of those businesses? So Silver State Sparkle was a cleaning company I attempted. <laughs> okay. I cleaned like three houses and I was like, oh, F this. I am not cleaning people's crap. So that didn't work out. I'm Ethiopian. So I tried to do this Ethiopian food catering delivery thing. 
did okay. not work out. Another reason why it's not working out is because I wasn't consistent. I didn't understand how much work it really, really takes. So I mm -hmm. think I was just being a little naive. Like I can create a Facebook page and have a business. Like, no, that's not a business. So I had Boxy Lash, which I still have. It's an eyelash magnetic eyelash company, but honestly, it only was like a few extra hundred bucks a month. So nothing I can survive on. Okay. And oh my gosh, what else? I did so many different things. I mean, that's 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 quite a bit because, and the reason <laughs> why I wanted to frame it is because some people, once you try and be an entrepreneur and you fail and you have those failed businesses, then you say, well, you know what, maybe it's just not for me. I give up. Let me go to college and just, you know, go and get a nine to five and work that way. And it seems like you said, you know what, no matter what, I'm going to be determined. I'm going to try and work for myself and and why did you, why, why is that so ingrained in you? I am a really strong believer that if somebody else can do it, I can do it. There, I don't believe that there's anyone like so much smarter than me that they can be successful and I can't. I think it's the competitive side of me. So when I see so many people, entrepreneurs, being successful in business, even personal family and friends of mine, they haven't worked in five, 10 years. And when I failed those businesses, honestly, I did get a little bit discouraged and I did mm -hmm. go back to college. Like I'm still in college and I'm 26, you know, and it, I know uh -huh. college and a career is not for me because I hate bosses and management. When I was working in the casino, you know, they want to micromanage you. They want to control your whole life and your time. And it's really unfair. I have a three-year-old and the way I grew up, my parents were never able to be there because they always had to work. Yep. So when I had my son, you know, basketball games, everything like that. I want to be there. So as soon as I had my son, I knew I cannot work a nine to five. Whatever I do, I need to work, save money and get out of this job life and have time freedom. That was like my main, main motivation. And then actually starting businesses and seeing like a lot of people make a ton of money, more than doctors make doing yep. wholesaling. And it's so motivational and encouraging to see these 19 year old kids making a half a million dollars a year why can they do it and I can't? They're yep. not innately better than me or smarter than me or anything. There's something that they're doing. So I started watching a lot of YouTube and I see successful people like Grant Cardone always talks about 10 times. Successful people don't sleep. They work so hard. And that's what I was missing. I was missing the secret sauce, which was just hard work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just grinding. And, and, yeah. That's some of the, and that's some of the things that people fail to realize is they jump on Instagram, they jump on Facebook and Twitter, and they see all of the success that people are having, but they're not seeing, you know, what's up under that, that iceberg, everything that's below sea level, you know, where they're up at five o'clock in the morning, not going to bed till, you know, two o'clock, things like that. So when you tried wholesaling in Vegas, you said you put out some bandit signs, you were calling people. What was some of the feedback that you was getting? You're the 10th person that's called me today. F you. Everybody was cussing me out. And Vegas people are like that. Like, this is how the city is. It's a gambling, smoking, drinking city. Of course, there's family and a lot of fun and stuff. But people are, are rude out here anyway. So no one was uh -huh. talking to me. No one is answering the phone. No, People are texting back crazy. And then the main thing for me was just that when I finally found someone who wanted to sell, their price was like above market value because they know investors are paying pretty much almost market value because they want to turn these into Airbnb. Someone bought my mom's house cash 
for 10,000 under the retail value. And that was a cash buyer. Wow. So there's, there is room for deals. People make a lot of money wholesaling here, but they also spend a lot of money marketing and I didn't have that. Mm -hmm. No, I completely understand. I'm right next door to you. I'm in Phoenix and it's the same thing that's happening here is, and when I got started, I got started here in Phoenix and it was like, okay, we could do some direct mail. We were killing it, killing it with the direct mail. And then everything switched. You know, you had the, you know, open door offer pad, all of those people come in. And then it was like, okay, well, when we were spending $30,000 a month in mail, we were getting eight, nine deals. Now we're spending $30,000 a month in mail and barely getting a deal. So it was like, okay, well, we got to change something and work something out. And that's when we kind of pivoted and went to uh, virtual wholesaling. So being a newbie, getting started, you face the early disappointments, like most people say, why didn't you give up when you was getting so much negativity? Because a lot of people say it's hard getting the negativity, you know, the people cussing you out on the telephone and people take that. I I had a lady that I talked to just last week. She took it personal. I said, you can't take it personal. You know, there's a lot of people that are just out here doing what you're doing and people are tired of it. So why did you have that persistent spirit to keep going? I actually did sales before I used to do timeshare sales and that's face to face. So you're in front of these people getting rejected and that is painful. I'll take the phone rejection any day. Honestly, (laughs) you're in front of someone and they're telling you like, dude, you guys are scammers. Get out of here with this crap. Like don't insist me out. I just hang up and I just like, they don't understand what's going on. I'm here to help people. Yep. Yep. Got it. Got it. So, you were in Vegas and you went to Ohio to do some virtual wholesaling, especially with somebody that's a novice just getting started. Yes. What did you do? How did you get started virtual wholesaling in Ohio? So I watch all those YouTube videos, of course. And a lot of people talk about cold calling being the cheapest and most effective method to market main message I took from all those YouTube videos, all those gurus was just take action, get started. Don't get caught up. So I did that. I just pulled a vacant property list literally for the whole Cleveland. Cause I had no idea about stacking lists and zip codes or anything. I just pulled a vacant absentee list, started cold calling it. And you could say I got lucky or you could say I, I called for four to six hours a day every day <laughs> until I found people who went to sell. And it honestly, it did suck. It was hard. You know, people don't answer the phone. People cuss you out. It's the same thing, no matter where you're calling. Yep. A lot of wrong numbers, a lot of frustration. But when you think about four to six hours a day, that's 30 to 40 hours a week. If I'm calling on Saturdays as well, you're going to find somebody and you only need one deal to make 10 grand or 20 grand or whatever. So it's worth it. There's someone on the other end of the phone that really, really needs your help. You just have to find them and get through all the, the mean people and the naysayers and the waste time wasters and get to that person who needs you because that person who needs you, you're going to be like a savior to them. You're not going to be a pest or annoying or someone who's trying to capitalize on their issue. No, you're going to be someone helping them out of the situation. They're stuck in this house and they don't want it. And you're literally solving their problem. And that's what you have to keep in, in your heart the whole time to not get discouraged because we're here to help people. So you got started in, was it March, April? You got started in April, I believe it was, correct? Okay. 
I started like researching in April, but I actually started cold calling the last week of March. Okay. So you got started in March. Let's just say March, April, and it's October now. How many deals have you closed? I just closed my 15th deal last week. There you go, guys. So for all of you naysayers that say, hey, you can't do it. Wholesaling is a farce. Listen to Toddy. She started a few months ago and closed 15 deals virtually. So digging into virtual wholesaling, how did you find a team? You know, how did you structure the deal? Because it's one thing talking to the people over the phone and saying, okay, yep, we agree to a deal. How did you get the contract to them? How did you get pictures? Kind of walk us through your process. Yeah, definitely. So the main thing with virtual wholesaling is having your boots on the ground, people there who can help you. And how I found mine was I just made a $5 labor gigs ad on Craigslist. And I just said, hey, I'm a real estate investor. I might need help putting up bandit signs or taking pictures of properties. And I'll pay per task if anyone is looking for some work. And it was right when COVID happened. So everyone was looking for work. I got about 80 replies. It was so funny because one of the first guys who replied, his name is Randall. And we are still very close friends to this day. And he just took pictures of a house for me yesterday. So he is also a wholesaler, which a lot of people will tell you, be careful of other wholesalers, but yeah. I was lucky to find somebody I could trust. And he, when I get the deal, when I got the deal under contract, my first deal, I sent the contract via DocuSign. So I didn't have to worry about um, getting the contract to them in the mail or anything. I just did a simple one page contract over DocuSign, sent that to the title company. And then I had my boots on the ground, go walk the property and take pictures. From there, I took the pictures and made, created a little PDF advertisement, and I posted it on Facebook and Craigslist and all of those real estate groups on Facebook, and I pretty much sold it for ask price, so that was an awesome, smooth, clean deal. Okay, so that first transaction, just to kind of recap, you pulled an absentee owner list for- Absentee vacant. Yep, okay, absentee vacant list. And it was like 1,200 people. Okay. How much did you pay for that list? So the list, I got it on PropStream. So $99 for PropStream. Okay. And then I skip traced it on REI Skip. I paid about 200 bucks. The reason I did 1000 was because that's all I could afford to skip. Tra gotcha. I only had, I had a budget. I was like, I have 500 bucks to start this business. And I really can't spend more than that because it's COVID. I don't know what's going to happen if I'm ever going to go back to work or what. So I had my little budget. And there's actually a guy on Instagram named Chris Jefferson. I think it's the Chris Jefferson. And I had been following him and he did, literally said, stream, pull a list, get a dialer because you have to have a dialer or you're going to get discouraged trying to one by one call people. Yep. And so it cost me 200, about 200, $230 for the list. And then the dialer system that I use phone burner costs $150. So altogether, it, and DocuSign is 20 bucks. So it was about $400, a little less. And I would wake up at 5 a.m., get my little workout in and start calling 6 a.m. here is 9 a.m. Cleveland. So I would literally just call from 6 a.m. until I got burnt out or I at least got like three leads. And usually it would take about four to six hours. Okay. Okay. So you got this lead and what was the situation with that, so with that seller? His father-in-law had just passed away. 
And this guy is like a, he was like a rich engineer. He bought two properties in Cleveland through a real estate investment group. And it was kind of like a scam group because they sold him these properties for like 80 grand, but they were, the value was only like 30, 40 grand. Wow. And they were in very bad neighborhoods. So he wasn't getting rent. So he had this, he had two properties. I made an offer on both of them. He accepted the offer on one. And the one he accepted the offer on, he hadn't made rent on that in over a year. So he was down all that money he spent and he knew he wasn't going to make any rent. So he was like, I need to get rid of this. So I went on PropStream. I looked at the comparables and I didn't really know what I was doing. I literally went for the lowest comparable and offered him that. And it blew my mind when he was just like, you think that's a good offer, Toddy? I was like, yes. And he was like, okay, send the contract. And, it, <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, I can't believe he just accepted this offer for $15,000 for this rental property that is in totally good condition, except for that it had some um, roof issues on the balcony. Other than that, it was newly painted. It had just been rehabbed in 2018. But he literally just wanted to get rid of it. His father-in-law just died. He had no more business in Cleveland. This guy has a ton of money and just wanted out. Okay. So it was such a weird situation. The tenants upstairs and downstairs weren't really wanting people to walk the property. So we had to schedule like four showings to finally get the buyers in. It was a pain. But then when we finally got them in, everyone was offering dang near ask price okay so going back so you use prop stream guys you know i'm a big advocate for prop stream you can go to propstreampro.com slash we love equity all of that information will be down in the show notes for you to get you know a seven-day free trial for prop stream endowed so you got started with four or five hundred bucks to get started you found this deal and you pull comps through prop stream now you were talking about Randall. Was Randall the one that went and took the pictures and everything for you? Yeah. So he went, took the pictures and he's very good with talking to people. So he was able to get in with the tenants upstairs and downstairs. He got the pictures it, and he just sends me the pictures and I pay him 50 bucks a property. Okay. So you're paying Randall 50 bucks a property when it closed or if he just walks a property? If he, as soon as he goes. Okay, so Randall is going paying fifty, you paying him fifty bucks um, for the pictures. He's uploading those pictures, sending them to you. Um, so, guys, as you can see, Tati is just piecemealing this together. She's just making it work. You know, she's like, "Hey, my budget is five hundred bucks. This is what I got. Let me get out here." You're using social media. That's how, and Craigslist and the internet. That's how you found the deal. That's how you found Randall and everything like that. So. You know, what, what made you think that this was possible? Because I'm, I'm really curious because most people getting started, they set up all of these fictitious, you know, roadblocks. But you say, you know what, I'm just going to do it. If I get this property under contract, let's see what happens. You know, I noticed when I was watching all the gurus on YouTube and like TTP, Khan, you know, all those people that have all those followers on YouTube, they all said the same thing. They said, Everyone always does all this time-wasting stuff, like setting up websites and doing all the stuff that's wasting time. The issue is nobody just immediately takes action. And when I just heard that over and over and over again, it was just clear to me, like, obviously, the only way to be good at this is just to take action. And all this other stuff is stuff I can figure out along the way. A lot of people are so scared of real estate just because it involves a contract. They think they're, like, going to go to jail or something if they mess anything up. But when I tell you I've messed up so much and I'm still here free, 
you can learn so much along the way with experience. And that's honestly the only way you're going to learn because there's no way anybody could pack in all the ways a deal can go wrong into a class. There's absolutely no way. You have to just start to learn. So when I heard everyone saying the number one thing is to take action and Max Maxwell kept saying, don't do anything else, but focus on talking to sellers and getting your first contract. So I was like, you know what? I don't need anything else but a dialer and the people to call and I'm going to find someone to give a contract. And I just kept laser focusing on that one thing. I just need one accepted contract. There you go. Now, were you scared when you sent that contract over to him knowing that you had to find a buyer? No, I was exhilarated. Okay. Because I had already talked to Randall and Randall's been in Cleveland his whole life. And he said, $15,000 is a good deal for this, Toddy. You're going to make money. And I saw on PropStream that there was cash sales for thirty thirty-five thousand. So I'm like, at this price and in this condition, there, it's a no-brainer. It's I have no to make brainer. money. Okay, tell me about this deal. So you got Randall. He took the pictures. You got the contract on the property. Oh, where did you find those buyers at? I know because a lot of people bring up those ideas where it's so hard to find buyers. Where did you find your end buyers for the property? For the first property, I found them on Facebook. So in those um, Facebook groups that are market specific, like uh, like Phoenix Wholesaling or Phoenix Real Estate Investors, off-market deals, I joined all of those groups and I literally just would go down and see other deals people had posted and I copied and pasted all the email addresses and a lot of them actually were other wholesalers, and I didn't know that, but I bla- email blasted a bunch of strangers' deal, and about <laughs> seven of them wanted to see it. Okay. And that's one of the things that I tell people. If you go in those groups, and you can put in the search icon up there, you could put like buyers, or you can put wholesale deal, all of those those prior posts from people posting deals, you can look at all of the email addresses that people put up there. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of spammy, but once you be able to filter through them, you can find some buyers. And that's one of, mm-hmm. that's one of the hacks that I, that I found and our team uses in order to get you know, buyers when we're going into a new market. So you got these buyers, they're showing up to the property. Now I know it can be difficult especially when there's tenants in the property and you're trying to get buyers through. So how did you and Randall navigate that? And and guys, remember, this is all still her first deal. So she didn't have a coach that was holding her hand through all of this. These were things that she had to overcome and figure out on her own. So when you have those tenants in the property, sometimes they don't want you in the property. So how did you overcome that? Yeah, it was very difficult because the lady who wasn't paying rent definitely didn't want us in there at all. And and my boots on the ground, he's a good talker. So he was able to to get in for the pictures, but getting in for buyers was another thing. And they didn't want that guy selling because they've been living free, you know? Right, right. So they made it very difficult. I had people showing up to look at the property. They wouldn't let them in. The property was actually being managed by a company. So the owner just ended up saying, you know what? Get the key and open up the door and let them in, whether those people like it or not. So they started giving them 24-hour notices and just unlocking the door and letting us in. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, that's that's a great way. You know, as long as that tenant has 20, 24, normally it's 24 to 48 hours notice, then the owner can, can have the property manager to come in and walk the property. Now, I know selling properties, wholesaling properties with tenants in place, 
is very difficult, especially when you already know that you have tennis They're that's not playing. playing. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, I mean, you had to overcome quite a few challenges. So what did you do to ease those buyers knowing that, did you, first of all, did you wholesale a property with the tenants in there? Yes. Okay. So walk me through that. What did the buyers decide to do, you know, accepting that offer with the tenants in place? So the tenant upstairs actually had a pending eviction for a year already. He just never took her to court because the guy had so much money. He didn't even care. So she had that pending eviction. All he had to do was finish that. And then for the girl downstairs, he was able to work something out because she was still working because she was working in medical field for COVID. So he was able to work something out and keep her there. And he evicted the girl upstairs. Because this property was in such good condition, even with that bad tenant situation, it was still a great deal. Okay, great, great, great. So you got that one closed. Everything worked out. What did you make? How, what did you net on that deal? First deal. $14,760 something dollars. There you go. There you go. There you go. There you go. (laughs) So she made $14,000 on this first deal, guys. And this is in the matter of just a few months from starting. So all of you guys that say, I got to have a website. I got to have a squeeze page. I got to have a buyer's list. I got to have, I got to have, I got to have. No, you don't. Toddy just told you what you need. You need a list and you need to make a phone calls. That's what you need. Or you need a list and you need to send text messages. That's all you need. You don't need anything else. You know, and if you're doing virtual, you just need somebody on the ground. And you found that person, you know, on Facebook, on Craigslist. Very, very simple. So, Toddy, tell me, what next? So, you got this $14,000. It's like, boom, this works. You know, it works, it works, it works. What was next after that? Well, you know what's funny? I actually got my second deal under contract while going through the process of trying to show this property. This second deal was vacant and literally I had a buyer with their money down within 24 hours. So that second deal actually paid out before the first deal. There you go. So I had already got a check. So I had already got my first check from my second deal when I got that first deal check. So I already knew it was real. And I remember when the, the first deal, I'm, so the total was like 18,000, but I had a partner that I had to split it with. So okay. it turned out to be like just under 10 grand for me for that, that second deal that I got paid on first. So I remember I was just sitting in the car and I was going through a lot at the time. Like my car had broken down, I was sitting in front of AutoZone. Like I was, I was like down bad broke, but I was like, what the heck am I going to do? Like, I'm in this situation. I got my car over here. I'm taking lifts and Ubers to get things notarized for this, this deal. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and it just felt like the world was just like putting so many obstacles in front of me getting paid. I'm like, I have to be getting paid because this, I'm going through way too much right now to not get this check, you know? And I remember sitting there in my car in front of AutoZone waiting for a mechanic and the money deposited. The title company will email me and it says funded and that's all they email. And I got this email that said funded and I'm like, wait, hold up. I go into my checking account and I see that nine, that, that 9,000 something. And my whole heart was like, yep, like, yep, yep. I cannot believe I just made this much money on one thing. <laughs> there it is. And then I have another one coming soon. Like, yep. Oh my God, I can't believe this is real. I just started bawling, crying like a big old baby. 
And in my heart and my soul, like, I don't know if people know what I'm talking about. I might sound crazy, but like when you feel so much energy, you feel like you're like lifting out of your seat. Like I felt like I could dang near just float out of my car. I was on this crazy height. And from then on, I felt it in my heart. I will never work for anybody else as long as I live. I don't care what it takes. I don't care if it's not real estate. The fact that I could do this by myself just proved to me, I don't need a job. I don't need anyone telling me what to do. As long as I work hard, I can do it. Yep. And And I started going crazy after that cold calling. (laughs) And that's the funny thing about it is when you get that first check, it's between, you know, you want to laugh because you're like, I really did this, you know, but then at the same time, you're like, I want to cry because I'm so happy. (laughs) It's, 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 It's funny. And I tell people you have to experience that because one thing you said is that life is going to challenge you all the way to that first deal. You know, it's, it's like your car break down, you know, you gotta, you gotta get diapers for the baby. You gotta do this. You gotta do that. You laid off COVID everything. And, and all of these excuses, you know, circumstances, people can say, you know what, I'm just going to give up. It's just not for me, or I'm going to wait, you know, until COVID is over or something like that. So man, I'm really proud of you. I can, I can definitely say that. I'm really proud of you having that tenacity and that perseverance to go over all of that. I was that close to giving up. I was like that close. When my car broke down and I had to take lifts to notaries and then the notary wasn't in and I went to the bank and the notary wasn't in at the bank, I literally spent seven hours that day trying to get it notarized because it was a double close because the assignment fee was so big. I had to double close it and I had to notarize a deed because I'm getting a deed. And I'm going all around town and I'm like, you know what? Maybe this isn't for me. Maybe I'm not, maybe God is putting these obstacles because it's not for me. And I, and I called my mom. My mom's like, you're crazy. You better walk around. You better go and get it happen. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, walk there if you have to. (laughs) I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do it. And I did it. And, and I think that's what, what separates, you know, because there's going to be that big obstacle and you just have to just get over it. And after that, I can't tell you how many deals I've, I've lost a lot of deals since then, but I've also closed a lot of deals. So it's yep. okay. You know, things are going to go bad, but you just have to keep getting more deals to make up for it. And guys, that's, I mean, what Tati is saying is just so true. And this is one thing that I want you guys to take away from all of this is that you're going to have these challenges. You're going to have these setbacks, but if you just keep going, she said that she was so close, this close, you know, to, to giving up. Now just think if you would have gave up, where would you be? What would you be doing? My unemployment's over now. So I'll be all the way. (laughs) Right, right. You wouldn't know what you would be doing. You know, trying to work in a call center or something. (laughs) Right. Doing a call center, but you could have been calling for yourself, you know, exactly. So I mean I'm I mean I'm really really proud of you and guys I Thank hope you. you I hope you guys take this inspiration that Toddy is giving you and you get out there and take action and make it happen. Don't let those self-limiting beliefs of I can't do this, I can't do that stop you from getting to where you need to go. So we talked about we talked about all of these challenges, you know that you had. So Give me some of the quick successes, real quick successes outside of closing. What were some of the things that you learned, you know, about yourself outside of just cashing that check? I, I learned that like a lot of people, I am someone 
who does make excuses and I am lazy. And I think that is human nature, but I learned that to be successful, I have to go against every single human nature bone in my body. When I wake up in the morning, I'm so tired and I don't want to call anybody. And I still get nervous when it's time to call sellers. But if I don't go against what I don't want to do, I will never get anything. So every day I try to do the worst thing first, the thing that's making me nervous. If I have to do like a price reduction or something like that, I try to get those things that I don't want to do over with first so that I don't have time to make the excuse that, oh, my son woke up and I had to make him breakfast. And then I did this and then I did that. And the day just got away with me. When you work for yourself, the day will get away with you if you let it. I honestly let the whole July get away from me because I got a little comfortable. And I, and I realized if I'm not working hard at this every single day, I'm not going to get a deal. It's going to be over. So I learned, unfortunately, my human nature, I want to sleep in. I don't want to work. I want to eat food and go to the beach and hang out. But that's not my time to do that right now. I'm 26 mm -hmm. years old. I have a child. This is the time I need to be building a legacy. And I learned that the greatest thing that I learned about myself is that even though this is my nature, I have all the power to control myself, discipline myself, and do what I have to do for my family. And I think that that's the biggest thing I learned, discipline and hard work. Because all those failed businesses from before, the reason they failed wasn't because they were bad businesses. It was because I had no discipline and no work ethic. And now I know the value of hard work. And I'm, I'm so excited because now I know no matter what I do, if I do it for eight, 10 hours a day for myself, it will succeed. There you go. So, and, and that's one of the things that I want to talk about briefly when we come back. So we're going to take a brief um, break, hear a word from our sponsors, and then we'll come right back. PropString is the industry's number one tool for locating distressed properties and connecting with highly motivated sellers with 100% coverage across the U.S. PropString provides a deep dive into any property-specific details, making it easy to generate lists of distressed properties and contact to the owners. No other product or service can compare. Gain access to MLS property details like expired listings. You can pull accurate comps, even sale prices in non-disclosure states. This information is typically reserved for licensed real estate professionals, but is also available to you in PropString. Gain access to unlimited nationwide property search, comparable home sales, targeted marketing lists, and owner contact lookup, built-in marketing tools, hundreds of filters to search and sort leads. Start your free seven-day trial now by going to crowd.propstreampro.com slash we love it. All right, guys. So welcome back. We're here with Toddy Tediment from Las Vegas, Nevada. She just got started wholesaling about seven months ago. She's closed 15 deals. She's making money. But we, right before we left the break, to break, you said that you got comfortable. Now, I tell people don't fall for the success trap. And what that is, is, okay, you went through all of the struggles, you was broke, now you started making money, you got 17, 18, $20,000 in the bank, and you feel like, hey, I want to kick back, and I want to relax, you know, this for the next week or so. Tell us why that success trap <laughs> is such a detriment to you moving forward. Oh my gosh. It was the biggest mistake. So then on top of that, I'm, I'm virtual, so I can work from wherever. Right. So I convinced myself that I could take this two week vacation to San Diego, got an Airbnb. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm living it up. Mama, we made it. 
And I'm telling myself, when I get there, it doesn't matter. This is my business. I can do it there. But who wants to sit on the phone for six hours when you're right by the beach? Yep. So like you said, you know, I had a little little 20 grand in the bank feeling a little rich now because to me, that's a lot of money. Like <laughs> I just, I just chilled. So for that whole two weeks, I chilled. And when I came back, my body and my brain was still on chill mode. So it was about three weeks of, I would say like non- activity. I would make, I would pitter patter on the computer, talk to a seller here or there. I think I got like one deal in that whole time. Mm -hmm. And then that deal ended up falling through. Cause as you know, some deals fall through. Yep. Typically I was getting almost like 10 contracts a month before that. So, and out of those 10, you know, at least half are closing. So that's why I was able to do so much. But then when I did that, like pretty much three week vacation, obviously there's no <laughs> deals closing yep. after that either. So that was like, oh my God, almost seven weeks with no money coming in. And I just was like, wow, that was a huge, huge, huge mistake. I cannot chill. It is not time to chill. I have to do this hard every single day. And if I want to take a break, maybe reduce it to three, four hours a day, but still work every day. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And that's, that's, that's the success trap that a lot of people fall into. I'm guilty of it. I did it. You know, when I closed one of my first independent deals, that wasn't a JV deal, it was like 17 grand. And I was like, okay, I got this money, you know, I'm going to set this aside for, for reinvestment, remarketing. And then I fell into the trap of, okay, let me get all of these bills caught up. And then I'm looking at my bank statements and bank account. And I'm like, okay, it went from 17 to 12 to six to four. And then it's like, dude, you're going as broke again. As fast as you make it, as fast as you'll spend it. If you let yourself start spending that little credit card, that debit card, it goes fast. And that was the biggest thing to me. Like, just because you start making money, don't start spending money. So yep. now... I actually am doing the opposite. I'm reducing costs, even though I'm making more money. I'm reducing costs because I know, I learned this from Quentin Flores. When I went to San Antonio this uh, few weeks ago, they had this event for wholesalers and it was a free event. And he was talking about how he had grown his business to all these assistants and all these people. And he wasn't making as much money. He was spending more. Yeah. And he was talking about bare bones. What do you really, really need in your business? And I, at this time I had like two VAs and everything like that. And they're getting these leads and I'm not even calling them. I'm chilling, you know, I'm calling them like the next day. I'm not on top of it like I should be. So I said, you know what? You're tripping. In the beginning you started with $400 and you were able to make 20 grand. But the problem was the deals after that, I had a couple that were nice sizes, but a lot of them were like 1,500, 2,000, you know what I mean? So they weren't yep. as big as the first ones. And subsequently I'm not growing my bank account anymore. Yep. I'm spending money. So I just had to say, you know what, Toddy, shake back. You don't have the money or the time to be wasting. Get back on the phone yourself. Keep one VA and bare bones everything like you did in the beginning. And that's where I'm at now again. I would love to have this huge team and grow, but I understand that I need to learn and grow first myself. There you go. That's, that's so key. And a lot of people do exactly what you did. So I want you to understand that you're not an outlier. That, that, <laughs> that's something that everybody does. Is they make this money and then it's like, okay, well, I'm just going to outsource everything. And that way I can go to San Diego and sit on the beach. And I still got leads coming in and I still got these things happening, you know, but when you're in that, 
that period of scarcity when you don't have it, that's when you grind the hardest, you yeah. know, because uh, you look back when you didn't have that car was sitting in front of AutoZone. It was like, dude, whatever I got to do, I got to make this thing close. But then as soon yeah. as you got that bag, then it was like, oh, I can chill, you know, it'll come in, you know, and then those $20,000 deals start turning into $2,000 deals. And it's like, okay, all of this money is starting to go to the VAs. Bills. <laughs> yeah. Straight. And then now you're paying for marketing. So. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you were talking about deals falling through and a lot of people don't talk about this. So I want to, I want to touch on this because people think you send the contract out there, they get the contract, contract is good. You, you out there trying to find a buyer. They don't, they don't look at the deals that fall through. So you said something key. You said you had about 10 deals under contract and I think you said about five, about 50%, half of them fell through. Yeah. What, causes a deal to fall through because the seller agreed you agreed what happened so two things well a few things but any a lot of different things can happen one thing that is really important because i'm learning as i'm going you know i didn't have anyone to tell me exactly what to do so i had this buyer who got the contract said yeah i sent the earnest money to title and i'm naive i'm like okay cool earnest money's in title everything's all good well, closing day comes, guess what? He actually never put the earnest money in. He actually was another wholesaler. And the whole time he was trying to shop the deal around, yeah. couldn't sell it and wasted my whole time with the contract. And that was one deal. And the same exact thing happened with the buyer, but he actually had earnest money in and he was able to get it back from the title company through wow. some type of loophole. And their title company, he works with more so they gave him the money back. But not only that, when I lost that deal with him, I had three properties from that same seller. So when that deal fell through, guess what? Oh, the seller ouch. took all his deals back. So that was, sorry about that. Yep. That was really hard to face at that time. Those were like the first deals I lost. And I felt so dumb that I made that mistake. But now looking back, I can't blame myself because I didn't have really anyone to hold my hand through the process and say, hey, make sure you get that earnest money within 24 hours. Now I am a strict person. A lot of people try to take advantage of you if you're a young, and me, I'm a young black woman. They, knew mm -hmm. I'm, they know I'm new in the game. They know I'm naive and a, a few people took advantage of that. And now when I get an assignment, first of all, you have to see the property and approve the condition to get this assignment. Because that's why the deal fell through. Because his contractor saw it and he didn't see it. And then when he saw it, he didn't want it anymore, supposedly. Huh. So, you know, now you must approve this. Your earnest money, and a lot of people disagree with me on this, but now I get the earnest money zelled to my bank account, honestly. And a lot of people don't agree with that. They say earnest money has to go to title. But there's no law saying earnest money has to go to title. Earnest money can go wherever it goes. And if I have it, you can't go through the title company and get your money back. I have it you failed to perform, you don't get your money back. And the way I learned that was because when I was trying to get a deal for my mom, the wholesaler said, I hope you know, as soon as you sign the assignment, you have to PayPal me $2,500 the same day. And that's the first time I heard someone getting the earnest money directly. And I said, you know what, if he's doing it, I'm doing it. Wow. Okay. That's different. So, cause I never heard that. And, <laughs> and that's different. That's different because we usually, either have the title company hold it or we have our attorney hold it. How are your buyers receptive to that? So far, so good. I've had about half, half. Some people aren't comfortable. And if they aren't comfortable, I'll still let them put it to title, but I'll make sure they understand it's non-refundable. 
and I'm very clear to title too. And I put non-refundable in capital in the assignment. Yep. And I also tell title, this is a non-refundable earnest money deposit regardless of the inspection they've already viewed the property so whatever happens and i'm very clear about that luckily i haven't had to fight for earnest money because those deals that i've been very serious about have closed because the buyers know they're not getting their money back so so that was going to be one of my questions so that first deal where he took his earnest money back in your assignment agreement did it not have non-refundable so it had non-refundable but then it had an inspection contingency Oh boy. Okay. All right. So he, he found that loophole. He found the loophole. So guys, you, you learn from Toddy's mistake. Okay. So when you, when you have your buyer sign that, that assignment agreement has non-refundable earnest money deposit. And if you have anything on there, as far as inspection period, you have zero days for inspection. And that assignment agreement is going to refer to your original contract. That was so, the problem. Yep. So if you have an if you have an inspection period on your original contract and you don't reference in your assignment agreement that that inspection period does not translate to the to the assignor or assignee, then that so that's that's what happened. That's you know, what happened. The original okay. contract had that inspection contingency and he said, Hey, I can get my money back ten days before close. So Yep. So you guys got to make sure in your assignment agreement. And if, again, if you need an assignment agreement, you can go to MarcusEMaloney.com and download one, or you can just hit me up. I'll make sure I send it over to you, but you got to make sure you have those provisions in your assignment agreement, in your contracts. Okay. So lesson learned from that one. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> lesson learned from that one, because what I was going to say is, you know, if that title company gave them that earnest money back, then you can definitely sue that title company to get that those liquid damages to you. But if you didn't have that in the, in the assignment agreement, then yep, you're lost. Another, and then another way the deals fall through also remember like on closing day, not just the buyer has to perform, but the seller has to perform. The seller has to sign those closing documents. So I had another situation where the seller already quit claimed the house to somebody else before closing day and didn't tell me. So on closing day, they didn't perform. And in that situation, I know I can sue the seller for doing that, but I'm like two months in the game. I don't have lawyer money. And I don't, I'm at that point. I was just like, you know what? F it next deal. And I just kept going. Okay. So did you have, so here's another document guys, the memorandum of agreement. So if you have a contract with the seller and that seller, you can, did you, did you have any indication that that seller was getting a little squirmy? Like they, felt like they was probably shopping their property around or anything like that? I didn't think so, but it was my bad because at that time I wasn't checking in constantly. I was checking in like once a week. Now when I have a deal going, I check in with the seller and the buyer at least twice a week. Okay. So that memorandum of agreement, guys, what it is, it will place a lien on that property. So when title goes to when they go to do a quick claim deed or anything like that, they won't be able to do it because it'd be a lien on the property. And that lien will have to be satisfied in order for that to happen. That way, no one can oh, wow. go around you. Okay. So let me know, Toddy. I can send it over to you if you need one of those. Yeah, please. I never heard of that. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's the memorandum of agreement. You would file that with the county clerk's office. So when title goes to pull title, it'll show up as a lien 
on the property and they will have to satisfy that with you first. Okay. So let's and you dive. do that on all your deals. I don't do it on all my deals. Only if I my my buy, my uh, seller starts to get a little squirmy. You know, if they start saying like, okay. "Well, I don't know," you know, or "I need more money," things like that. Then it's like, okay, let me go and file this memorandum just in case okay. of another wholesaler. You know, like you pick up the phone and call them and say, "Well, what do you what do you have an offer in for?" They say, "Okay, twenty thousand dollars." Well, I'll give you twenty five thousand dollars. Okay, you know, things like that happen. Yep. Things like that happen. So let's kind of wrap up here. I am going to put you on the hot seat. Toddy, we are going to put you on the hot seat, hot seat. So real quick, answer these questions for me. Starting over, what would you do differently if it is anything you would do differently? I would probably, if I could find an affordable mentor to ask a lot of questions to, I would do that because if I would have had someone to tell me what I was doing wrong, I would have made a lot more money. Okay. What do you think is your, what do you think is someone's biggest fear when closing their first deal? It seems to me that people's biggest fear is just cold calling, picking up the phone and, and facing rejection daily. Okay. And what is one thing that they can do to get over that fear? Literally right before you get on the computer, just scream like, ah, I can do this. And then just click dial, begin dial session. Because right there is the moment that you might be like, I'm going to get a coffee. I'm going to get a water. I'm going to get a snack. Mm -hmm. Instead of pressing dial. No. Right when you're there, you got the screen up. Just get your grit. Click dial. And once the phone starts ringing, you're in the game and you can't mm -hmm. get out. There you go. Okay. So what's next for you, Toddy? I want to scale my business by this time next year. But I'm not going to rush that. I'm going to keep calling, keep doing deals one by one. I would love to find a business partner that would grind as hard as I do. It would be amazing to double my efforts. But until then, I'm just going to keep my nose to the pavement. This time next year, I would love to be more passive, maybe just doing dispo. Okay. All right. Sounds great. So in parting, what are some words of encouragement that you can tell a struggling investor? Maybe someone that just started like you and they're, they're facing those roadblocks and those challenges. One thing that really pushed me through that like a mantra I kept telling myself over and over is that nobody will outwork me. They can outspend you, but they can't outwork you. And that's something that goes across every avenue. It could be politics. It could be business, but People cannot spend you. They cannot spend your marketing dollars. They cannot outwork you if you decide that you're going to work 8, 10, 12 hours a day. They're not going to be doing that. These people spending a lot of money are spending a lot of money so they don't have to spend a lot of time. If go. time is what you have as your resource, use your time and know that nobody can outwork you and you will get to the top as long as you work hardest. Okay. Sounds great. Sounds great. So Tati, <laughs> for those who have been inspired by you and they say, Hey, you know what? I need to reach out to her because I'm just getting started and I need someone to give me some support to say those sweet nothings so I can get up and hop on that phone. How can we reach you? How can we follow you? So on Instagram at the hot wholesale, so the hot wholesale on Instagram and then on YouTube, my YouTube channel is just hot wholesale. And on, on YouTube, I just, I post a bunch of videos, like literally everything. When I mess up, when something happens, I'll just post a video. 
Okay. Okay. Perfect. So they can, they can follow your journey along the road, you know, as you right make from mistakes the beginning, yeah. and as you have your successes. Well, Hadi, I mean, Hadi, I'm thinking of your, <laughs> I'm thinking of your, man, I want to thank you. I, I really appreciate you coming on. You're definitely an inspiration to the listeners, especially those getting started and those who, you know, may have had that success and kind of took a step back and now they're trying to get their feet back up under them. So I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for being here. So give us before we leave here, what's one inspirational quote or one thing that you can tell us to keep us going and push us forward? Uh-oh, got to bring it out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, um, I think, I mean, I said mine, the nobody will outwork me. That's literally my mantra that I tell myself, and that's what pushes me through when I feel like, I'm, maybe I'm not going to get a deal. Maybe this is not going to work out. I know if I work harder, it's coming. That's it. Just keep working. Okay. Well, there you go, guys. No one needs to outwork you. Words from Toddy Tediment. Make sure you work hard. Make sure you get out there and grind. Toddy, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for speaking with Thanks the listeners. Thanks so much for having me. Guys, always remember to enjoy the journey. Thank you for listening to today's show. I picked up some great actionable items and I'm sure you did as well. If so, let me know. You can always reach me via social media at facebook.com slash MRCS Maloney, Twitter at MRCS Maloney, and of course, IG at MRCS Maloney. You can also always reach me via email at mmaloney at equityri.com. Make sure you reach out to our guest as well. You can always find their contact information in the show notes below. If you have not subscribed already, what are you waiting for? Join the family. And while you're at it, leave us a five-star review. This is how we tell if we're providing you with what you need for your journey. If there's someone you would like for me to interview, or if there's a subject matter you would like for me to cover, please let me know. Finally, if you're looking for additional information about real estate investing, go to equityrealestateblog.com, also youtube.com slash Marcus Maloney. Until next time, family, always enjoy the journey.